Here are the five things I would use to determine the perfect business criteria for me to start my search for a new acquisition. First, I'll do a self-assessment. It's easy to forget that I'm key to this whole process. If I don't enjoy the business, have a solid reason for it, or some relevant skills pre-acquisition, what am I doing? Second, research the industry to make sure there's proper growth. Third, decide on my desired role and value add. Fourth, decide on the EBITDA range, that is the profit range, and ideal business multiple. Fifth, Pick a location based on how you'll operate it. You can operate businesses remotely or hire an operator, but that may not work for every business. Decide on these five factors to narrow down the search for your perfect business. So first up, let's deep dive into the self-assessment. The self-assessment for me is really understanding your strengths, your weaknesses, and your goals. So for example, I'm 24 right now. I've been out of college for two, three years. My strengths, number one, I'm a visionary. But I don't know if that has a lot to do with what type of business I should buy. I know I'm a visionary. I know that I have some skills with like generating an offer, advertising, podcasting. I know I have a heart for people. I know I want to show up for people in a big way. And so it's like visionary, have some sales background, some podcasting background. I love people. I want to show up for people. I really want to be solving a problem that is critical to their life. And so when I'm doing this self-assessment, I know what I want. Passion for people, solve a problem that's critical to their life. Then I have all these kind of weird things that go together, right? Like podcasting, some sales background, a little bit of an offer background, a little bit of a marketing and advertising background. And basically, I'm like, okay, I have some strengths here, like... I guess I'm good at cold calling because I have a lot more experience than a lot of other people. I wouldn't say I'm world-class at it, but I'm definitely not afraid of rejection, definitely not afraid of improving there. I've started to figure out some cold emails, so I'm pretty good at generating leads. And I have a heart for people, and I know about media and podcasting and how to interview people. So what thing would work for me? Of course, you might think a media business, like cold calling clients to start a podcast for businesses that might work for me it probably would work really well but when I was doing this self-assessment I was like all my skills don't seem to lead to a business that is exciting for me because it's not aligned with long term where I want to be and so I was like what's a business where I'm really impacting people in a meaningful way and for me that was Soberly, oh, I also have this huge real estate background. Like I've been learning about real estate for the past five years and just learning about the ways to do real estate and didn't realize how much real estate and business were intersected. But now I do understand that a bit more. And so I'm really looking at, okay, real estate, impact people, high cash flow, able to play with the offer, able to do some sales stuff, maybe some podcast media content on the back end of that. I love selling people on themselves. What am I going to do here? What am I going to do? And so that's when sober living really came because that um, method aligned with a lot of my goals, dreams. And then I thought about how I could use my skills in that already doing the podcast. So how can I steer the podcast towards that? How can I steer my cold calling, my cold outreach towards that? And how can I steer real estate towards that? So my real estate skills, my cold outreach skills and my podcast all have to do with sober living now and then also my VA. So I took all my assets and I was like, I can put those towards sober living. That makes sense for me. But when you think about a business to buy, it's like, okay, I can buy these properties, turn them into sober living. 
and then you go one step up, I can buy inpatient rehab facilities so that I have the tenants for my sober living properties. So that's not the sexiest business, but it does touch on my passion for people, allows me to do the structuring the offer stuff that I love to structure, and it allows me to be more on the operational side, which is some experience that I want to pick up. Like operating a business, dealing with people, dealing with hard things, um, it's something I want to learn, honestly. And so I think the operational side of sober living, you really have to think about the customer journey there because your business literally is the customer journey. They're supposed to come up, come in and get sober. I'm not saying I can control that outcome, but I can do stuff that helps them, which is really the change I want to make in the world. I want to bear burns with people where it's really hard to bear. If I can do that in business and if I can do that in life, that's a really cool thing for me. That's why I really like those businesses. And so that's kind of what I'm going forward with. So that's self-assessment. It's like, what were my strengths? Podcasting, some sales stuff, and real estate, right? Uh, cold outreach, podcasting, cold outreach, and real estate. And that really had nothing to do with sober living. But then my passions came into play of like, okay, I like to sell people on themselves. I like to bear burns with people. And that was like, okay, now sober living is kind of like, how can I use my cold outreach skills to grow sober living? How can I use my podcasting skills to grow sober living? How can I use my real estate skills to grow sober living and impact people more? So that's really what the self-assessment does. It's like, here are my skills. These are my strengths. Here are my passions. Is there a business opportunity where they intersect? And let me go after that. Because for me, thinking of a way to change these people's lives is something I can spend all of my time on. But kind of podcasting for other businesses, it's not a big deal for me. Like, I don't really want to do that at all. So that's what the self-assessment is. Basically, take your skills, take your strengths, figure out, figure out how you can get into a business that touches on some of your passions. Maybe your passion is playing music. And I just was looking at bizbysell.com and there's like a music store you can buy. And so maybe there's something there. Like you can take your marketing skills and your love for music, pair them together, grow that business, have financial freedom, have great impact, and be doing something you love. Not always ideal, but take note of your strengths, take note of your weaknesses. I'll have to learn how to hire for my weaknesses in sober living, which led to me getting out and talking to people and talking about partnerships and negotiating those partnerships, right? So all of that is very key to my growth. And so I included my strengths, I'm learning how to cover my weaknesses, and I'm touching on my passions with sober living and with the rehab facility purchases. Now, that's the self-assessment. Sorry we took a long time on that, but I wanted to give you guys an example of kind of how I would do that and not to slow yourself down here. Like the whole purpose of this is to grow and you don't know everything you need to know to run the business successfully. Otherwise, you'd be running a business successfully right now. So there's going to be growing pains. There's going to be a learning curve. So take the leap and do something that seems to align and then get quick feedback and pivot if you need to. Obviously, it's harder to pivot out of a business acquisition, but you learn what you need to learn to grow that business. And in three to five years when you exit, you know a lot more so you can pivot correctly. So that's the self-assessment, strengths, weaknesses, passions, and then where does business opportunity uh, kind of combine those three. So then research the industry. You need to be looking at growth 
and really is the industry growing and as much as it breaks my heart to say people being addicted to drugs and alcohol that is growing and so there's a growing need in the industry for these rehab centers for these sober living facilities and then for something out there that is kind of like um aa honestly or na it's a community and just making it easier for people to be more plugged into the community. Because I also have this vision, another passion of mine is to live day by day together, to bear burdens together. And I think AA has, it might have daily meetings actually, I'm pretty sure. But if we could kind of take that out of the meetings, you know, it's like, okay, you go to your meeting at 12, but then after 12, you go to work out with the people at AA and you go to work with the people at AA and you eat dinner with the people at AA and NA. Like, I don't know if that's healthy. I don't know if that's the right thing to do. But in my mind, it's easier to overcome a struggle when I'm with people that I love and care about more often than not. So when I isolate, it's harder for me. So the more we can keep people in community, that's just growth and opportunity for me. Seems like there's a gap in the marketplace where it's like, if we can make the community really awesome and keep people in it, maybe we can increase the sobriety rates. Maybe not. I'd have to read the research and I'm not really well versed on it. But right now, that's kind of my go to market strategy if you will get some sober living properties get some rehab facilities and then improve the community such that people feel more loved um, know who they are more and that leads to higher rates of sobriety so there's growth in the market there's opportunity in the market then you need to make sure you can find a list of businesses it's a little hard to find all the inpatient rehab facilities that are 30 60 90 day rehabs in the US or all the detox centers or all the sober living homes. There's not like a great directory of them. And like there is a great directory of lawn care services over a million dollars in revenue. Like you can find that very easily off of the library page, but getting very specific to those 30, 60, 90 day rehab facilities and detox centers and sober living properties, it's a bit harder of a list to find. However, I can hire somebody to do some Google scraping, verify web addresses, verify email sites. So it's not that it's impossible it's just that it takes a bit more time you have to hire somebody to do the work but they're out there it's not like finding um 35 year old black men from europe who are into knitting that would be a very hard group of people to find they don't typically congregate anywhere so you probably wouldn't want to target that person or try to buy a business of that if that makes sense so make sure that the Lists of businesses are easy to access. Make sure there's opportunity in the market and make sure there's growth in the market. Then understand your unique value add. Again, my unique value add is part of the, um, you know, growing sober living and the community around it. Like, how can I add to the community? How can I take us one step closer to really the community that Christ had walking with his disciples? Day by day, bearing burdens together, not insisting on your own will loving one another bears all things believes all things hopes all things endures all things how can i take that and put it into a community such that people are pulled towards that community that's really what it's about for me so that's kind of my unique value add and remember this is all like how i thought about getting my acquisition criteria right the ebitda range and ideal multiple after listening to Roland Frazier, I'm like, my ideal multiple is 1 to 1.5, and that's specifically off-market, and my EBITDA range is probably between 500000 to a million, because I'd really like to roll up five of them, but I would like the first one to be able to stand on its own to where I can hire an operator. 
So I don't think I want to be operating these. I think I want to be more on the sober living side of the operations, but I want to make sure that they're being operated well, which means I need a CEO who's probably going to be getting 200, 250, and then just be able to pay debt. And I want to pull some cash flow from it, you know, 30, 40, 50 a year. And so that EBITDA range really needs to be in that 500 to 1 million so that I can pay CEO, pay the debt, and take some profits and reinvest in marketing. That's why I picked that EBITDA range. And at that ideal multiple, the debt will be cheaper. I can buy at a 3x. That's probably going to be 50 to 60%. If I'm buying at a 1x, the debt might be 20% of the cash flow, right? So that's why I picked that EBITDA range, an ideal multiple 1 to 1.5x. Then the operation style and location, I will be hiring an operator. So it can be anywhere in the country for me, really. I would like it to be in Texas because that's where I want my sober living properties to be because I want to be more hands-on with the operation of those. But if I have a rehab facility in Nebraska and they get 30 beds or whatever, and they're constantly having people in and out, in and out, and I have a sober living property in Texas, and I pay for the transport from Nebraska to Texas, I think I can get over that hurdle. And then if I have five of those, I have 150 beds, and it's like, you got a lot of people coming in and out. They're all gonna need a sober living facility afterwards, and so you get them to your next sober living facility. I think that's a, um, a good way to scale, and a good way to get an idea of what the other rehab facilities are, purchase other rehab facilities, partner with other rehab facilities. Like once you get in the game, the snowball of momentum just starts going. And so these are the five things I would go through in order to buy a business. Again, the self-assessment, strengths, weaknesses, passions, and find an opportunity that combines all three and covers your weaknesses. Research the industry for growth opportunity and make sure the list of businesses is easy to find. Identify your unique value add. Get that profit range and ideal multiple in mind. Mine was 500 to a million at a one to 1.5 X multiple and your operation style and location. I would be remotely with an operator in place. That's what we got for you guys today on the show. Thank you so much for watching. We will see you on the next one. And remember, we are a community of people judged not by our wealth, but by our impact.